The Rangers finished off an amazing comeback to take a serious win against the Blue Jays, but that win has me thinking about the future of the Rangers and how this core is set up to dominate for years to come. Talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Monday, June 19th. Your Rangers are 44 and 27, alone atop the AL West with a four and a half game lead over the second place Angels. That is now. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, the Rangers had a epic comeback win on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Happy Juneteenth to all of you as well today. Back to back holidays. What a what a great weekend this is, a, a extended weekend. Hopefully you are getting the day off and getting to in, enjoy yourself and seeing the Rangers win in such tremendous fashion if you were watching with your fathers or your sons or um, just anyone or by yourself. You know, it's still an amazing comeback when the Rangers were down 6 to nothing in the top of the third inning, came back and won it 11-7. to 11 to 7 in 11 to 1 run scoring run by the Rangers to end this one and it started in a hole because it was it was a pretty rough day for John Gray he was coming back after missing a start with a blister injury blister thing quote I think it's just an actual blister thankfully he was able to miss a stint on the IL he was able to make this start but wasn't able to go very deep into this one just two and a third innings three walks six hits six runs were all earned two strikeouts in this one a a rough rough go of it maybe the June of John is is done the the gray May was was great but I think that June might be coming back down to earth after that missed start and you know it was I think partially due to him missing a start and, you know, that throwing off your routine and also Sandy Leone not being behind the dish for the first time in what felt like probably two months for him because Sandy Leone was designated for a time. He did make it through waivers, so he is in AAA Round Rock if the Rangers do have some kind of injury to their catching situation and they don't think that Sam Huff is going to stay on the roster and be that number three catcher or you know, they don't think that Mitch Garver can can keep doing that, then then he is an option because he did pass through waivers because, you know, Sandy Leon was hitting with a wet noodle. But still, he was doing a lot of stuff for John Gray that was really helpful. And uh, it, it seems like not having him behind the dish. I mean, he was throwing to Garver, who I believe he has thrown to before. I don't, it wasn't like he was throwing to a complete stranger. It wasn't like he was throwing to Sam Huff, um, but still not a great outing for John Gray, but it didn't matter. The bullpen picked him up in a huge, huge way. I'll be talking about how great this bullpen was this weekend later, but really the offense is what picked him up. The Rangers scored two runs in the bottom of the third, three in the bottom of the fourth, three in the bottom of the fifth inning, and then three more for good measure in the bottom of the seventh to finish this one off. And Big offensive days from the bottom of the lineup. Yet again, a four-hit day for Ezekiel Duran. Didn't drive in any runs, but scored three of them himself. Leo Tavares, a three-hit game for him, including 
a home run, which was his eighth of the season. He has been on an absolute tear lately. Six home runs, I believe, in the, all in the month of June. He has been exceptional. Yeah, six home runs in 15 games in June, and that's just 57 plate appearances. He's got a slugging percentage of 642 this month, a 975 OPS. The guy has been absolutely incredible. And in a, a little in the second segment, I talk more about this Rangers player development and why Leody's development is so freaking huge for the Rangers. Not just now, but moving forward. But this was also, of course, a huge game from Corey Seager, a four-hit game, three RBIs, one run scored, a pair of doubles for him, his 16th and 17th of the season. And it looked like the the first double was going to be a a home run. It would have been a home run in 10 parks, but not in the Rangers park. But it doesn't matter because Corey Seager just keeps stinging that baseball. And he might just be the American League Player of the Month for May. In terms of, here's where he stacks up in amongst AL players in June. Batting average, first at 424 on base, second 479. Slugging, second 788. That's 788 for the month of June. OPS second at 1267. Home runs tied for third with five. RBIs uh, second with 17. Hits first with 28. That is courtesy of Jared Sandler. Thank you for those stats. Jared, this was uh, this is just an incredible month for Corey Seager, who is looking to solidify himself as a surefire all-star and maybe even the all-star starter at shortstop. He has been exceptional this season. Probably the best shortstop in all of baseball. Yeah, well, Wander Franco has been pretty amazing, but but still, Corey Seager just cannot stop hitting. He has been absolutely incredible this season. He is second in baseball for the season with his 1076 OPS. He's got an on-base 420 and slugging 656. Absolutely incredible. 10 home runs are third. His 10 home runs are third on the team. He's only played 40 games. He is tied with Marcus Simeon, who also has 10 home runs. And Marcus has played 71 games. That's 31 more than Corey Seager. Missed five weeks. It didn't matter because Corey Seager is absolutely incredible. This offense is absolutely incredible. And they finally got out of their funk and 0 for 20 plus with runners in scoring position. Thank you to Josh Young for driving in that run and, and breaking that skid. And then the Rangers followed up with more hits with runners in scoring position today. With RISP, they went five or Sunday, they went five for 12. They did leave 10 on base, but you know, still, when you're mashing home runs at the rate that the Rangers are and hitting extra base hits and just getting this clutch offense and rallies going because one through nine in your order are all absolutely incredible. It's just, it's a, it's a great way to have offense. If just, just make everybody in your lineup good. Just that's, that's the simple key. Just have a better offense by having everybody be good at offense and also have the guys coming off your bench also bench also be hitting well just just do that and then you'll have a really good offense it's it's so simple why i don't know why more teams don't do it oh wait because it's really freaking hard to get that many good players that are all doing that well at the same time at the end of this game the lowest ops from a starter was Nathaniel Lowe at 785 in the three hole. It's just the, the depth of this lineup is just absolutely absurd. And I keep saying it in so many different ways because it's just, it blows my mind. The, the number eight and nine hitters in this lineup combined for seven hits, three runs driven in and five runs scored. It's just, it's just stupid. Honestly, it's just stupid how good and how deep this lineup is. And this lineup is not changing a whole lot. There is not going to be a whole lot of turnover. There is, is not a whole lot of guys who aren't going to be on this team for years and years to come. This is going to be the group that it is um, basically for the next 
four, five years. And, you know, the Raiders also did get some good starting pitching this weekend. I know John Gray wasn't able to go very long in this one, but Dane Dunning, a really solid performance against a really tough Blue Jays lineup on Saturday. Six innings, just two earned runs, just one walk, three hits, and uh, one three strike three strikeouts, I should say, uh, six hits, and one home run. His ERA is ballooned all the way up to 278. Still a really solid start. I was a little surprised they didn't go with him in the seventh inning, but the Rangers needed this win badly, and they have some high-leverage guys who they trust for multiple innings, including Josh Spores, who went two innings in that one on Saturday with uh, scoreless baseball and then handed off to Will Smith in a what was a one-run game at the time when Josh Spores came in, and then a two-run game when Will Smith came on to get his 12th save of the season. Rangers ended that losing streak, and then on on Friday, Martin Perez bounced back just like I said he would. Just like I said he would. A 2-1 loss for the Rangers, but Martin Perez, he only allowed five base runners. Unfortunately, two of them would score on a home run, and he was getting pretty squeezed on the zone. It was not. It did not feel like a very consistent zone. It was a big zone by the home plate umpire, but it felt like Kevin Gosman was getting a lot more of the calls than Martin Perez was, which was really frustrating. I can live with the big zone, but if you're not being consistent from pitcher to pitcher, then that's where I start to have some issues. The Rangers got, only got the one run on the Leo Tavares home run, um, did get doubles from Haim, Simeon, and Seager, but wasn't enough because the Rangers were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. Thankfully, they busted that out, and I, I think that their their offense is getting back to the incredible best offensive baseball that it has been for the entirety of the season. Coming up, we're going to look at how great this young core is, how the Rangers are finally doing something that I have been screaming for them to do in vain for the last five, six seasons, and why it is so important for the future of this Rangers team. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to US customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. The Rangers take on the White Sox this week. This week, uh, You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers have a young nucleus of talented players that are going to be here for the long haul. I just talked about the depth of this lineup and talking about how deep this lineup has been all season long. And, you know, there's still some more depth to come when eventually Evan Carter make, makes his way to the major leagues. And there's some other hitting prospects that might also bolster this team. But it's going to be tough for them to get in this lineup because it, it seems pretty set for several seasons to come. Because basically every hitting player that is, that is playing consistently outside of Mitch Garver, who's going to be a free agent after this year, pretty much everyone else is locked down under contract for the long term. Here's how long everyone is under contract for Corey Seager signed through the 2031 season Simeon through the 2028 season Leody depending on how 
some of these years shake out. He's probably at least through 2027. Duran and Young through 2029. They are in their first year of pre-arb, so they have six more seasons of control. And and as for the kind of older guys in this lineup, Jonah Heim, uh, Adoles Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe, all those guys are, are here through 2026. And same goes for Josh Spores, Dane Dunning, and Brock Burke. So this lineup is good. And it is not changing. Even if some guys go through some slumps, this is still an incredibly deep lineup. And it is going to be the same for years and years and years to come, which is just exactly what you want. Now, you kind of wish you could say that about some of the pitching that is that is on the way. But, you know, it one thing at a time. You can only have so many miracles. And having a lineup that is basically nine deep for years and years and years to come, and that is not even including Evan Carter, who at some point will be in the big leagues in the next, you know, two, three years, unless something goes horribly wrong, which I, I'm not anticipating. He's a top 10 prospect in all of baseball right now, which is just so exciting to see. And maybe by the end of this year, we'll see him in AAA, but it, it is going to be tough for him to crack the lineup. The Rangers are not going to be tempted into forcing him into the big leagues before he's ready, just because someone is underperforming. There was that question about Leody because he had a 586 OPS in his first 16 games this year in April and March combined, but he was coming back from an oblique injury. And in May, he had a 930 35 OPS in June. He has a 975 OPS, six home runs in 15 games in June. He is solidifying himself as an absolute star in center field. He is one of the best outfielders in all of baseball. I don't know why these defensive metrics don't like him nearly as much as they should, um, but they should like him a whole lot more because he is absolutely elite defensively in center field. It outs above average. He is in the 93rd percentile outfielder jump in the 87th percentile arm strength 93rd percentile which feels a little low with how strong his arm is and sprint speed he's in the top six percent of all of baseball of being the fastest players in all of baseball he's, he's hitting the ball incredibly hard in the top five percent of expected batting average so his 302 batting average is right about where is expected his expected batting average is 297 so really all of that is going about in line with how you would expect with him he's got a 7.7 percent walk rate up significantly from what he had done in the past every year outside of that short 2020 season. He had some rough stretches in 2020, 2021, and uh, the back half of 2022, but he looked incredible in the first half of 2022 as well. So this is not a short stretch. This is a guy who was the number one prospect in the Rangers system heading into 2017 and 2018. I think a bit of prospect fatigue knocked him down because we all know the floor floor was so high with him defensively. All he had to do was hit a little bit, and now he's hitting a lot. He's got a 2.5 baseball reference war this season through 202 at bats he has been incredibly valuable the fourth most valuable ranger in terms of baseball reference war according to that uh, just behind Adolis garcia also at 2.54 and Corey seager at 2.64 even though again he's only played 40 games but it's not just him josh young has been breaking out this season i mean these young players who the rangers traded for right when they were about at the big leagues or had just broken into the big leagues and, and weren't quite there with their other organizations. That's Jonah Heim. That's Nathaniel Lowe. That's Adoles Garcia. All those guys that other organizations gave up on and the Rangers saw something there and made it work and are absolutely reaping the benefits of that. I mean, 
this is so many guys. I mean, Ezekiel Durant as well, just having a fantastic season. 52 games for him so far. He's hitting 309 and an OPS of 865. Eight home runs for him and 11 doubles. This guy has been incredible. All of these young guys have been incredible, and they are here for the long haul. The Rangers have not done a great job of developing position players. They've done a horrible job of developing pitchers. Hopefully, they can get a little bit better at that. I mean, they don't even have to be great at developing pitching with with how good their offense has been and will be for years to come but this sets up you know because a lot of these guys are going to be pretty cheap and controllable for the foreseeable future it will allow them if if they do um if if guys like andrew heaney do decide to walk and if they don't want to retain martin perez and they want to go spend big on another starting pitcher next year then, then they can go do that but i mean the rangers are just in such a good place i mean for the longest time for the last like 10 years it feels like the the biggest position player development win has been joey gallo and he had a couple of four war seasons maybe maybe three a couple of all-star appearances and then the rangers traded him because they didn't think that he was worth the extension they ended up getting ezekiel duran and uh, glenn Otto and josh smith in that trade which um from an impartial perspective seems like they very much won that trade i mean from my emotional standpoint and my love of joey gallo i don't know if i'll ever be able to say those words um and and mean them but still, it looks like a big win for the Rangers. And to have all of this success come at the same time when it's been years and years and years of first-round picks and guys with a lot of potential just not quite living up to it. I mean, Rugen and Odor had a couple of really good seasons and then kind of fell off a cliff. Elvis Andrews, who was a trade pick, he was very valuable for the Rangers. Ian Kinsler uh, was a, a low a low draft pick who the Rangers got a lot of value out of. But, I mean in that interim space, I mean, from the 2010 to 20, you know, 12 core, there were a lot of homegrown players that hadn't succeeded elsewhere. I mean, Nelson Cruz and, and Josh Hamilton were kind of the Adolis Garcia and Nathaniel Lowe and, and Jonah Heim of that group. But outside of, you know, those guys and, and having high draft picks like Josh Young being a first round pick that is succeeding and the gotta be odds on favorite, um, for AL Rookie of the Year, the, the runaway favorite, one one might even say, in his 14 home runs, should be 15, if not for that stupid pesky replay review on Saturday. Um, but still, having all of these young guys succeed at the same time, and having another top 10 prospect in all of baseball on the way, who is still in Double A and still just, I, I believe, 20 years old, it's just it's just an incredible testament to what the Rangers have been doing. And you know, they were due for some 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 good luck of all these guys that just didn't work out. Like Noah Mazzara was a surefire can't miss prospect who just happened to miss. Jorge Alfaro was a guy with an incredibly high ceiling. I mean, Lewis Brinson was a guy, another guy with an incredibly high ceiling, and just all these guys, one after another, not working out. And you know, with all of this group of of basically this big young three of Josh Young, Leo Tavares, and Ezekiel Durant, I was hoping eh, maybe one or two of them will bust out to be everyday guys. I thought Young was was surefire going to be at least an average to above average everyday guy. He has been incredible. One of the best third basemen in all of baseball. With Leoti and Ezekiel Durant, I thought, mm, okay. I mean, Durant didn't even win the job out of camp. He didn't even win the starting left field job over Robbie Grossman out of camp. And now he has been incredible and honestly all-star worthy. Both him and Leoti are all-star worthy players. And they are young pieces that are here for years and years to come. This is something that 
the best teams in baseball do consistently. This is something that the Dodgers have done consistently. It's something that the Astros have done consistently. It's something that, uh, well, the the Yankees have, have done a decent job of turning out pretty consistent players. Not, not as much in years past, but mainly, mainly the Astros and the, uh, the Dodgers have done a really good job of turning out really good position players consistently from their farm system. Other teams have done a great job doing with pitching. That's the Brewers. That's the Guardians. That's the Rays. But turning out consistent, above-average major leaguers um, from your farm system, not that this is consistent. This is three guys. This is literally three guys, and the Rangers haven't had, you know, one guy break out from their system. And and having this, and hopefully Evan Carter is going to be another one. Um, but, But still, when you have three guys that go from maybe they're especially these, these two guys in in Tavares and Durant when they go from maybe they're maybe they're a, a contributor maybe they're a, a, a role five a guy who can start every day on a kind of bad team or uh, play a pretty consistent be a pretty consistent role player on a good team to you know certified role six role seven guys borderline uh, multi-time all-stars making huge impacts defensively and offensively. That is the kind of thing that takes your team from directionless to perennial contender for years and years to come. That's where the Rangers are right now, and it is a large part due to the fact of, of guys like Leo Tavares, like Ezekiel Duran, like Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim, and Adoles Garcia all having these huge, huge seasons and continuing to be fantastic players. Coming up, we're going to look at how good this bullpen is and a draft prospect that I really want the Rangers to take and hope that he can slide to them. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydays for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on Wednesday's show. I'll look at how this Rangers team stacks up with other teams, other other playoff teams in the American League. The Rangers take on the White Sox this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, it's looking like this Rangers bullpen is an absolute strength for this team. What was the biggest, most glaring weakness in the beginning of the season and, well, I guess, more in the month of May and in in the spring training, uh, it looked like a glaring, glaring weakness for the Rangers. It's it's looking like a strength. This weekend, the bullpen was absolutely incredible. It, on Friday, three perfect innings of relief, four strikeouts from the Rangers pen. On Saturday, three innings, three hits, one strikeout in a win, a close game. Bullpen came in with a one-run game, ended with a two-run game, and got the save. Great work from the bullpen on Saturday. And on Sunday, the bullpen was just absolutely Herculean with its efforts. Six and two-thirds innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, three walks, five strikeouts. And that was large part due to John King, who I I got to take back all the trash talk that I had about John King. John King, I trust you. I trust you fully and completely. What an incredible performance from John King. Three and a third innings pitched, just one earned run on two walks and two strikeouts after coming in for John Gray, who was just in a really, really rough way. Grant Anderson comes in with an inning and a third of scoreless baseball. Jose LeClerc, an inning of scoreless baseball. And Joe Barlow finished it off with an inning of scoreless baseball himself. Great stuff from this Rangers bullpen. On the weekend, combined 12 and two-thirds innings pitched, one earned run, six hits, three walks, 10 strikeouts. Bruce Bochy knows how to handle a pen. We always knew that about Bruce Bochy. That was one of his biggest strengths as a manager. And one of the most difficult things to do as a manager is to take all that data and take what you know about human psychology and about 
the players in your bullpen know who can go in what situations and what to say to them when they're going in in those situations. Bruce Bochy has been an absolute genius with how he has run this bullpen, and it is really paying off. They have Will Smith in the closer role with 12 saves, 27 innings pitched, a 3.00 ERA and 30 strikeouts in those 27 innings. He has been fantastic. Josh Spores has turned into an elite late inning reliever, a 293 ERA for him, 27 two thirds innings pitched and 36 strikeouts, 11.7 Ks per nine, under three walks per nine, 5.2 hits per nine for him. He is becoming incredibly trustworthy. Brock Burke is trustworthy back there as a lefty for multi innings. Jose Leclerc is, uh, is a guy who in the right situation can get you an inning or two innings or you know even we saw on that Sunday game against the Rays you know three and a third innings I believe he went and when Martin Perez got lit up he's trustworthy in the right situation John King the the probably least trustworthy least excellent stuff in the pen gave you those three and a third innings of just one run against one of the best offenses in baseball in the Toronto Blue Jays. And Grant Anderson has come out of nowhere to be so incredibly valuable. 11 strikeouts for him in 12 innings, 2.25 ERA, um, just three earned runs for him, three walks in those 12 innings. He has been super valuable. He's been able to go deep into games. He's been able to come in in high leverage situations in one inning situations and be trustworthy. And Joe Barlow is looking much, much better in his last few outings, had a three strikeout inning, um, um, I believe it was on the Friday game of this series. Yeah, three perfect innings in a the Rangers were down one run. Martin Perez gave up a couple of runs in his six innings of work. Barlow comes in for the seventh inning and strikes out every single batter that he faces and looks incredible against one of the best offenses in baseball. This bullpen has become a strength, and I'm a little worried about how deep these starters are going into games. Thankfully, the Rangers got six innings from Martin Perez and from Dane Dunning this weekend. I, I think each of them probably could have given another inning, but the Rangers decided to trust their pen in close games, and the pen came up big in both of those games, not allowing a single run. That was fantastic, um, and it kind of shows where the Rangers are. Now, last year, the Rangers got into some trouble. I think their pen was a little overblown how bad it was. It just became overused because the starters weren't able to go deep into games, and Andrew Heaney has had a problem going deep into games, and occasionally the Rangers will get blown up their you know three or four starters in Martin Perez or Dane Dunning will will have occasional actually I don't think Dane Dunning has had an actual blow up start this year but Martin Perez has had a couple and we saw John Gray have his first real blow up start of the year but still being able to trust this pit is a huge huge plus for the Rangers now it seems like this team is just so incredibly complete they have a, according to baseball reference a 90 94% chance to make the postseason and a 13% chance to make the Make, or to win the World Series. That is a huge, huge plus for the Rangers. I, I think 13% might be the odds that I put on the Rangers getting this certain draft prospect with the number four overall pick. That prospect I'm talking about is Paul Skeens. If you don't know who Paul Skeens is, he is a right-handed pitcher for LSU who has just been absolutely incredible. He's 6'6", 235 pounds. He just chucks absolute gas and he's got a lot of command of that gas just basically sitting a hundred miles an hour for you know seven plus innings he had his uh, college world series debut against tennessee on i believe it was friday or saturday i think it might, it might have been saturday it was saturday um, where he went seven and two thirds innings pitched five hits two earned runs one walk and 12 strikeouts it honestly looked like a big leaguer on a rehab appearance that's how dominant he was and tennessee is 
they're no slouches. They have a really, really good lineup, but it did not matter because Paul Skeens has been exceptional this year. On the season at LSU, he is 21 years old, by the way. He's got 114 and two-thirds innings under his belt, a 181 ERA, and 200 strikeouts. 200 strikeouts on the season. That's 15.7 per nine. Oh, and if, if you're worried about those walks, uh, 1.5 walks per nine, 0. 0.5 home runs per nine and 5.5 hits per nine the guy is a generational type pitching prospect you may be thinking well why the heck would he follow the rangers well we know there's there's no such thing as a pitching prospect rangers fans know that because no matter what kind of pitching prospects they have drafted there have been uh snafus and uh guffaws and uh fumblings of bags when it comes to developing those pitching prospects. I mean, we have seen Jack Leiter have a little bit of a comeback down to earth in the month of June after an exceptional May. I'm still a believer in Jack Leiter. I think he's still a big league starting pitcher. What, what caliber? I don't know. We saw Kumar Rocker have Tommy John surgery after starting off really great this year, which is incredibly frustrating. And well, so far there's been no bugaboos with with Brock Porter down in low A. Um, knock on wood that 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 remains to be the case because he's got a really high ceiling as well. But <clears throat> we saw what the Rangers did and comes to starting pitching at the big league level you buy a bunch of starting pitchers because there is going to be injuries to some of them there's just no way around it and i think the rangers should have the same approach with um, pitching prospects as well if if paul Skeens somehow falls to number four which could happen because teams have different draft strategies sometimes guys who want to go with maybe not the clear overall number one best prospect available but kind of save some of that bonus pool, do some funky stuff like the Rangers did with their draft and Kumar Rocker last year, there is a chance that Paul Skeens falls to number four in the Rangers. And if he does, I think the Rangers would be absolutely foolish to not draft him. I know there are a few other really good prospects around there, maybe a high school outfielder that uh, has been linked to the Rangers quite a bit. I can't think of his name right now. I want to say Eric Jenkins, but it's definitely not Eric Jenkins because um, that is a former draft pick for the Rangers. But I think that if the Rangers get Paul Skeens as just I'm imagining a rotation in 2025 of Jacob deGrom, Nathan Eovaldi, John Gray, then Paul Skeens and one of either Jack Leiter or Owen White. And I mean, just mercy me. That is absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting with, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> with uh, Kumar Rocker and Brock Porter on the way after that. I mean, Good Lord, that would be absolutely disgusting. And if the Rangers could get Paul Skeens, having a guy who he seems like the, the best pitching prospect coming out of, of college since Steven Strasburg, and hopefully without all the injuries of Steven Strasburg, that would be an incredible find for the Rangers. If, if Paul Skeens does pitch again in the College World Series, he is appointment television. You must watch him. Hopefully he can follow the Rangers. If not, there will be plenty of good pro pro prospects with that number four pick. I'll get into that and draft talk a little bit more in the coming weeks. Hopefully some draft experts can deign to join me on the show and give a little bit more insight than I am able to do with my limited expertise. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball. <laughs>